This is the Worth Recovery Podcast, featuring women and addiction. Welcome back to another episode of the Worth Recovery Podcast. I'm Amy. I'm your host here. I'm a sex addict and I have been sober since December 2nd of 2012. And as many of you know from what I do as far as um, recovery coaching and then putting this podcast out and therapy, therapy, right? I'm a therapist now. Crazy to think that I do that. It's awesome though. Many people ask me all the time, how do you get sober? How do you stay sober? How do you recover? Or they'll ask questions like, what was the most important thing that you did in your recovery journey? And I just want to say that's a way too hard of a question to answer. I don't know if there is one perfect answer to that. And if I told you that one perfect thing that worked for me and then it didn't work for you, you'd tell me I was wrong or a fraud or that I didn't know what I was talking about. Because recovery is a very personal journey and understanding yourself and understanding how to find sobriety and how to stay sober, also a very personal journey. And yet, if forced, if I had to describe recovery using one word or one phrase, I would say that recovery is the journey of self-awareness. When I've said that before, people usually ask me the question like, well, what is self-awareness? How would you define self-awareness? Okay, that's a legitimate question. (laughs) Um, And that is what I want to talk about today. How do I define self-awareness? It's not probably going to be the way that you think it is, but we're going to go through that today. There are many ways that people describe self-awareness and But what I'm going to share is kind of this one concept that I have learned through my own journey that has helped me understand what self-awareness is. And it goes like this. Everything that we do, everything, every single thing that we do has two parts to it. It has an intent and it has an impact. Intent and impact. There is an intent to every action that we take. The first step on the journey of self-awareness is understanding our intent with the actions that we take. Now, this is not an easy task, right? It's, It's not as easy as it sounds. What is your intent when you act out? What is your intent when you eat? What is your intent when you sleep, when you set an alarm? I know a lot of times I set an alarm with the intent of knowing I'm gonna hit snooze. So why do I do that, right? What's the intent when you yell at your kids or your partner? Um, What's your intent when you enter into a conversation? What is your intent? That is the first step of self-awareness in my my book. And this is not as easy as it sounds because you got to dig deep. And it requires digging deep and being honest. And it requires us to sit with really difficult and uncomfortable feelings and really difficult and uncomfortable awarenesses and feelings about ourselves. I had to wake up to the real reasons and intents of my life. 
Well, the first thing I had to do was realize how much I thought that I did things and was totally, completely unaware of the intentions that I had behind them. That was the first step. I didn't really, <laughs> I didn't really understand that every single thing that I did had an intent or um, had a purpose to it. If you want to, if you want to use that words, um, I think that we all believe that we go through life and there are things we do without really intent or purpose. And I disagree. The more that I've dug into this, the more that I've spent on my own recovery journey, the more I realize everything we do has an intent. But those intents are not always in our conscious. Um, a lot of times they're subconscious or even unconscious. We don't understand what it is we're doing. We're getting out of that action or why we're doing that. But that became the question that I started asking myself is why? Why am I doing this? What do I want out of this? What do I want out of this person? What do I want out of this situation, this conversation? What do I want out of this food, out of this behavior, out of this new outfit, out of this moment, out of life, out of my relationships? When I started to get really, it took, I had to start to get really honest about what I wanted out of these things. One of the experiences I had that helped me, <laughs> this is crazy, but I went in um, for a haircut and I brought in tons of pictures and, and everything. And, and I came out and my hair looked like the pictures for sure. It looked like the pictures and I hated everything about it. And one of my really good friends said, <laughs> said to me, Amy, it sounds like you put a lot of pressure on that haircut. And I was like, what do you mean? Like, it didn't make sense to me. And she said, it, it sounds like you went in with this idea or expectation or intention that this haircut was going to like transform you, like make you feel better about yourself, make you look like you lost weight or all sorts of things. And she was laughing and, and it, I was laughing when she was saying it because it was true. Like I went into this haircut with all these expectations and intents of like what was going to happen when I all of a sudden got this haircut. And she reminded me that's a whole lot of pressure to put on a haircut, just a haircut. And yet that was what I was doing with a lot of things in my life. I wasn't aware of the expectations or the intentions that I had going into these specific situations. And as I started to sit with this question of why, why am I doing these things? What is my intention here? I didn't like a lot of the answers that I was finding out. I found out that I was pretty selfish um, and I would say somewhat entitled. I found out that in some areas of my life, my intents were all about the other person, um, kind of borderline like martyrdom almost, right? That um, it was all about serving them and, and doing everything I needed to do for them. And then in other areas of my life, I compensated by making everything about me. Everything. And that's not, that's not an exaggeration. This is kind of how I found balance in my life. You can't see the air quotes I just made around balance, the word balance. But that is how it goes, right? I found balance by living in these two extremes and somehow those balanced out in the middle. Um, I think the world does constantly look for balance. And so if we are living in an extreme in one area, we are going to overcompensate and live in an opposite extreme in the other area because the opposite of extreme is extreme. It's not a good thing. <laughs> so the first question I was asking myself was why to try to understand the intents in my life. 
Sometimes just knowing the why would change my behavior. Uh, sometimes it wouldn't, but sometimes it was. Sometimes I couldn't figure it out and I had to seek help from sponsors or counselors, therapists, friends, whatever it was. But it became a quest that I had to understand why, to understand the intent part of my behavior. I tried to be gentle with myself through the process and sometimes I failed miserably at that. I will, I will admit that. But overall, intent gave me self-knowledge and it gave me self-understanding and self-awareness. It also started to give me some of my self-worth back. But it was a difficult and a hard journey. I remember particularly looking at the whys behind the men that I chose to act out with. That was disturbing for me. Um, I also remember looking at the um, the whys behind certain behaviors that I engaged in when I was acting out. And again, those answers were disturbing to me. Uh, it was a lot about me and my needs and not at all looking at the other person, which is what addiction is known for. But it just was disturbing to, to look at the fact that this is what I believed about myself or thought about myself, but this is what my intents and actions actually were. And that discrepancy there was really difficult to look at. And yet, understanding that part was a huge step in my recovery journey and in my, not, my gaining self-awareness for my life. However, intent is not the whole equation of self-awareness. Because we can go into a situation with the very, very best, purest of intentions and we can come out bruised and beaten, whether that, hopefully that's just metaphorically, but it can blow up in our face. Times, there were times that I felt that I said the exact perfect right thing. I had the exact perfect right intentions and it ended horribly. And that is because the second part of every action or inaction, I should say, either or the action or the inaction we take has an impact. That's the second part is the impact of our actions. You probably have had that happen. You go into something with very good intentions only to have something go wildly off course. Whether that was a conversation, whether that was a New Year's resolution or a new diet or a new exercise plan, whether that was a relationship, whether that was a new job, whether that was an entrepreneurial job, whatever it was, you can sometimes go into something with the absolute best of intentions and have it go wildly off course. And this is because of the second part, the impact of every one of our actions. While I can't control how someone receives um, me or receives what I have to give, I can't even control that sometimes about myself. And they can't, can't control what they're, how they receive my behavior or my actions or my words. If I'm being relational with someone else, I am still responsible for a part of that impact. I'm responsible for my impact on people, on relationships, on organizations, as well as the world. I have a role to play in that impact because it is my impact. This is also really hard to wake up to. We have to be living in consultation and we have to ask really difficult questions to understand the impact that we have. Some of those questions are about how other people receive us. How do other people receive you? What is it like to be in a relationship with you? Or with, in that case with me, what is it like to be in a relationship with me? 
We have to start recognizing how what we do or do not do or say or act or behave or feel or present impacts other people. All of that impacts other people. And when we start to wake up to that, we start to understand the importance of tone of voice, of body language, of word choice, of environment, of the history of our relationship. We start to wake up to the blaming language that we use when talking to others. We start to understand how to approach things from a place of curiosity instead of a place of defensiveness or offensiveness. And we start to understand relational balance. Um, what I give to a relationship, what someone else gives to a relationship. We start to really understand the impact that we have in the world and in the, especially in those in our immediate circle. So this intent and impact. Now, I'm sure you can see how this can go awry really quickly. Some people only want to be accountable for one or the other. Some say that if I have pure intent, um, it doesn't matter how someone else receives it. It's not my fault. That's false, though. That's false. You are still responsible for a piece of how they receive it because there is a part of your impact, your tone of voice, like I said, the environment, the history of that relationship. All of that plays into how someone receives something. You're not 100% responsible, but there still is a piece that belongs to you. Or the opposite can happen. People want to be recognized for what they did or didn't do regardless of how they got there, right? Ignore my intent because this is what happened and it was beneficial, <laughs> but that's, that doesn't work either. We have to be responsible for both our intent and our impact. And I like to use the word accountable rather than responsible. We have to be accountable for both, uh, both parts, the intent and the impact. Now, this can be obvious or it can be subtle. So obvious example, my intent is to protect my partner from my acting out, so I'm not going to tell them about it. <laughs> obvious here that you only want to be accountable for the intent you have, but not for the impact of your behavior, right? Another example, you tell yourself pornography is a victimless crime, right? That's, that's your intent, it's victimless crime because no one sees it or is harmed by it. But you're not recognizing that you take those images with you and that the way you interact with others changes because of the things that you have viewed. And so again, we only want to be responsible for one or the other. Maybe your spouse interrogates you all the time and you're tired of it, but do you, you don't realize that maybe you have trained them to do that because you lied for so long and every time they ask the same question, like five times in a row, you gave them a different answer. Or maybe they had to ask it five times for you to actually give them the truth. So again, you have to be accountable for the impact that you have had in that relationship. Now, those are obvious addiction examples. This can definitely go further and deeper. When you rescue or enable someone, what is your impact? And what is your intent when you're doing those things, right? Are you doing those things from a place of love? Are you doing those things from a place of receiving recognition or reward? What is your intent there? And then what is the impact that you're having? When you were setting boundaries, what's your intent and what's your impact? A lot of times we, we set boundaries trying to control someone else's behavior, 
which never works by the way, right? So we have to look at the intent that we have with boundaries. And then we have to look at also the impact that we have with boundaries. When you go to meetings or you go to therapy, what is your intent and what is your impact? When you enter in a relationship, what is your intent? What is your impact? Everything you do has two parts, intent and impact. And you have to be accountable for both the intent and the impact of those things. When you start to really see both pieces and be accountable for them, you are starting to gain self-awareness. Because as we really examine our intents and our impacts, we start to look at the values that we believe in as a person. We start to find our character strengths and our character flaws that we need to work on. We start to really understand the relationships that we're in, partners, friends, family, children, whatever that is, coworkers. We start to really understand our impact in those relationships and look at the intents that we have. And if you think that one or the other is, you know, you shouldn't be accountable for, then I challenge you to really look at both pieces and if you're being successful. Are you having the impact that you want to have? And if not, you have to go back to the intents that you're look that are driving your behavior. That's what I meant to say. The intent that is driving your behavior. If you have intent, good intent, what you think is good intentions, but you're having, you're not having the success that you want, then again, I would challenge you to really look at your impact, right? Look at the way that you interact with others. Ask others the hard questions. What is it like to be in a relationship with me? That's a difficult question to ask because you don't always want to know the answer, or maybe you do get the answer or you think you want to know the answer and it's a hard answer to look at. But that is really how we gain self-awareness. And when we gain that self-awareness, when we understand intent and impact, then we really start to transform our lives. We really start to see the transformation that we want and start living the life that we want to live. I've often heard, and I think this is an AA quote, but I've often heard that uh, sobriety is not about, um, no, sorry, said that wrong. Recovery is not about sobriety. Recovery is about building a life where acting out is no longer an option, something like that. But I really like the intent of that quote because it is about building a life where acting out or addiction is no longer needed and no longer an option. And in order to build that life, we have to gain a high level of self-awareness and understand our intent and our impact. So I hope that's helpful. And I hope that you can think about that today. What is your intent? Why are you doing the things that you do? All the way from why am I wearing this outfit? Why am I wearing these shoes? What am I eating today? Why am I eating that? Why am I in these relationships? Why am I doing these things? All the way from those simple questions to why am I acting out? And really dig deep underneath that. Why am I seeking these other relationships or other behaviors. Really dig deep into that and try to find what those answers are. And then once you've done that, start to look at the impact that you have. Just check out the faces of the people around you. Ask them the hard questions if you feel like you can do that. How do you receive me? What's it like to be in a relationship with me? And then you can start to absolutely transform your life. 
Again, I hope that was helpful today. Always remember, no matter where you are, no matter how far you think you've gone, no matter where you are in the journey of self-awareness or recovery, you are worth it. 100% worth recovery. I know that. And if you don't, you can rely on me until you get there. Okay, my friends, I think about you, I pray for you, and I love you. Until next time, Amy. stuff. The mission of Worth Recovery is to dispel shame and build hope in the lives of women struggling with and recovering from sex addiction. I am not associated with any 12-step group, religious organization, or therapeutic clinic. I am an addict sharing my own experiences and recovery.